0: If we haven't met, my name is Odalis. I get to be part of the pastoral team here at Cornerstone SF. Happy Advent season, Christmas season! It is the most wonderful time of year. I personally just have grown in my fondness of uh, the Christmas trees and the lights and the decorations, and trying to just get into it. You know, there's always a lot going on in life, and to, to make the time and to slow down enough to enjoy it has been, especially these last few years, has been super special for me. So I hope it has been for you. It seemed like there was this collective itch to decorate a little early this year. I know someone who put up their tree, although maybe they do this every year, um, at the end of October. Uh, It's just, you know, I thought it was always you wait for Thanksgiving and then you go, but you know what? Why not? Let's just enjoy it. And you know, December. So for those of us born in the month of December, Maybe we should start like a like a club or something to just support each other through it. Other people's holiday parties and events being planned on our birthdays. And, you know, it wasn't malicious. It just kind of happened. And there's so much going on at this season. Oops, sorry. Um, I'm not bitter at all. No, mm-mm we're in our our advent series called seasons of stress and when pastor terry shared this theme with me i both cheered and i also kind of groaned i cheered because yes i'm i'm a person regularly learning to manage her stress and so i'm trying to soak this up i'm learning a lot i'm trying to apply it to my life really practically and, and then also in sort of the Im, the not impractical but the less tangible kinds of ways as well it's it's just a good there's always there's always stress, right? And especially at this time of year, I think it's good to to pause and to consider and to listen for the Lord. Um, but I also, I also groaned because it's this time of year, because there's so much going on, because, oh, we need to think about stress at a time that's already stressful for some of us. Um, and you know, too, this time of year uh, I, I, has, you know, some pain as well for me. I know for so many of us, old pains, current, fresh, new pains to learn, uh, to deal with. Um, but also hopefully some restored joy as well along the way. I, that's been the case in my life and, and I pray that it is for you in your areas of pain or loneliness um, brought about by this time of year that the Lord would meet you in that and restore your joy. Um, so in this wonderful time of year, what, what, what is stressing us out? And in general, as, as individuals, what has our attention in these places of stress? What has the bulk of our attention this week coming up this month? If we take a moment to pause and think, what's the burden in it? You know, that, that, that buzz of, oh my gosh, the list of things that keeps growing to do, um, or, or even sort of the sense of isolation in it, has it been monopolizing our attention in times of stress where we're listening to what we're paying attention to, and what we have built our lives on will very often determine the state of our hearts. Are we buzzing and full of noise or are we blocking out the things that are good? Where we focus our attention and how we listen will determine how we weather the storms of our stress. And though the best time to do that, of course, is before the storm hits, there's no time like the present to, to dig deep and pay as much attention as we can and act on these things that come to build a good foundation, a strong foundation that will weather the storms of our lives. And we're going to spend some time talking about that today, but I would love to just pause uh, and for us to, to pray together for the Lord to, um, to meet us in this time, for us to be attentive to him in this place. So God, we just, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity we have together. We thank you for this season. Uh, And though it's full of celebration, it's full of life, full of a lot of things going on, Lord, there's difficulty in it that shows up in different ways for different ones of us, God. So we ask for you to help us to pay attention to you in this time. Give us a softness of heart before you, clarity in our hearing, God, an attentiveness to your voice and a a willingness, a desire uh, and, and, and motivation, Lord, strength and discipline to obey, to say yes to you, Lord. So we give this time to you, it's yours. We pray these things, Jesus, in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. so I'm a, I'm a new mom and a working one, which means that my life right now uh, looks like kind of a constant battle of feeling like there's not enough hours in the day, like I'm kind of spread a little thin, I'm a little bit behind all the time. And and also, it's full of ridiculously sweet moments, just beautifully sweet moments, I have a wonderful gift of a daughter, an amazing husband, so I'm just I'm very grateful also. And so it's kind of a confusing way to live. There's a lot of stress, I'm sort of still sleep deprived improving um and also so much do- joy just abundant delight and in 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 all of these um ands that are going on this 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 unique season of my life, also feeling God really working on me in deep ways. Like I'm not just saying it, he's really working at stuff. And part of it is because of the nature of my season, right? Some stress is good. It can lead us to growth. In fact, often it's necessary for it. We've been mentioning this a little bit these last few weeks. Um, these, These helpful ways stress turns us toward the areas that can grow and be strengthened and all that, they are dependent on our hearts and attitudes sort of staying in check, trying to stay close to the Lord. But unchecked stress, unchecked, um, excessive stress. Those seasons like Pastor Terry taught about Elijah, the first three weeks opening the series. If you missed it, I really want to encourage you to take the time, catch the message. They're on our YouTube page. You can find them on our website too. You can skip right ahead to the message or sit and enjoy worship as well. Believe me, I won't stop you. Um, but to really to sit and, and let the Lord speak to us through that, just because it was a few weeks ago of a message doesn't make it any less relevant for, for some of us for what we're walking through right now right? When we get hit, when we're already depleted, right? Mental and physical unwellness that adds to that stress, a short fuse left unchecked, it will suck the joy out of our lives. It will make us ineffective also, but, but also our, our very condition of being will just be, just be bad. We'll just be in a bad place. And at the most wonderful time of year, how much more do we feel that, right? Now, I did a little informal study, very, okay, a very informal study, a small an informal study, and I asked a bunch of people in my circle what they find stressful about the holidays. I should start off by saying uh, a couple of people said they don't find it stressful at all. They have structured their lives in a way to relieve the stress on the front end, or uh, they just they just enjoy it. They just don't find it stressful. Other things are stressful, but not this time of year. So if you're that person, man, I want to empower you to live that fully and and honestly bless other people with that because I think that's a gift that the Lord gave that you... Um, but I had, I had a lot of other responses. Those folks were kind of in the minority. So now for my little, my little study, I tried to uh, exercise good research practices. I got as wide a demographic as I could in my small study. Let me emphasize, small. Um, but there were differences in age, uh, employment, socioeconomic status, ethnicity, uh, backgrounds where I know, like I, I tried as much as I could to just get all the variety present. The number one thing above and beyond everything else that people found stressful was gifts. It was gifts. It was the finances to afford them, the time to purchase them, finding the right things, not wanting to disappoint. Um, finances came up multiple times, uh, you know, just, just gifts. And, and I thought, man, isn't that wild? That what we found the most enjoyable about this time of year as kids is now this, the biggest source of stress for so many of us, how things have changed. Other frequent responses were uh, how on earth to make it to all the activities, right? We're cramming a lot into a very short amount of time. Um, Stress over hosting, fairly including people, worrying about hurting others, of course, concern over family drama popping up at the dinner table or uh, just ongoing things that now we're confronted with uh, in in a new way, trying to gather to celebrate everyone together. Um, there's the exhaustion of trying to meet burdensome expectations, you know, about what the holidays should look like or, or how, what this person is expecting this to be like or, or what my life should look like at this, at this stage of my life. Um, and, and for some, the holidays are just isolating, bringing up the deepest wounds of their hearts. Right? There's so much happening, so much to pay attention to, not just the holiday version of, of the stress, but also other life things, right? We've got to work well. We have year-end reviews, hopefully some bonuses coming around. Um, we've got also so many job changes right now for those working in tech. I mean, the upheaval going on is startling and at this time of year. There's, there's financial concerns at high levels, right? And we've gotta get all of our plans on the table. Again, December babies, we probably missed our opportunity to plan at this point. Um, we've got to get the gifts again, wrap them so they look nice. Oh, and if we're traveling, all of the other stressors times like five, I, I would guess because we have to book the flight, make it to the airport, get a rental, a place to stay, make sure our plans are set. We've got to get everything over there. Oh, and make sure that the pets and plants we adopted in COVID are gonna be cared for while we're gone. And I (laughs) needed to shake off the stress. I felt just listing that out. That's just maybe me, but that stuff doesn't even include the heart stuff. It doesn't even include the heart things, the real things going on. Not that that's less real, but, but there's the added layers of just the, the things that we wrestle with and that we're working on and our longings and our desires that are always there in all this. Where's our attention? What are we listening to? What are we putting first? For those of us who follow Jesus, we want to, we try our best to keep putting the Lord at the, at the first place, in the foremost place in our lives. But honestly, we kind of, there's a lot going on. It's probably pretty easy for us to get distracted, for us to be doing other things and, and going back towards our defaults. How do we fit everything in? What have we built our lives on too to navigate all of the stressors? Do our lives... If we're honest, look pretty put together from the outside, but internally, we're, we're just barely hanging on. Or do we have a firm foundation? If we read the words of Jesus from Matthew 7, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man, a wise person, it's generic language. A wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and it beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Jesus shares these words at the very end of his Sermon on the Mount. It's teaching after teaching about what the kingdom of God looks like, and not just some distant version of the kingdom of God, but what it means to be fully human, truly human, fully alive, empowered by God, what that kind of a life looks like. He says all of this and more, and he challenges people to not just say that they follow him, to not just say that they go to church on Sundays, to not just say they believe, Right To not just call him Lord and then misalign ourselves to empty words or empty religion that's just practice for the sake of it. But to instead live deeply, fully, truly into this radically, beautifully full way that Jesus taught, that he himself modeled for us, that we are constantly working on through the course of our lives. And that's when we get this powerful imagery, right? Builders and the foundation. Jesus, he had such a way with words. He used the language of foundations, storms, uh, wind, rising floodwaters, because it was perfectly relevant to his audience. They heard him and they knew exactly what he was talking about. In the summer months, they would have known. The land would be really dry. It'd be hard and dry. You could sort of build something and it seemed sturdy enough, you know, waterfront, Shabby chic kind of a vacation rental, you can set it up real quick, start turning around some profit kind of a thing. But wise builders knew better wise builders knew you had to do the extra work. You had to go down to hit the bedrock because inevitably in that part of the world, there is sudden and torrential rain that comes. And when that rain hits, the streams swell all on the hillsides down into the valleys, the Jordan River and the Sea of Galilee would flood. And anything that was built quickly turned around too fast, built foolishly would be rattled, shaken, potentially all at once. But if not over the slow wear and tear of time, that foundation would be severely damaged. And we get that here too, right? In the Bay Area, for those of us who've been or visited or heard, right? Earthquake Central, right? I think it's the whole west coast of the United States, but we certainly know of it here. Um, I've had families, friends uh, who have their families worry about them living in earthquake zone when they move here. My parents moved in the late '80s. They lived in the marina during the 1989 earthquake. Uh, one of the buildings that collapsed was just around the corner from them, uh, and and it's just it's a part of it's a part of what we know, right? It's earthquake zone. Hopefully, most of our homes are built on strong foundations, good seismic fittings, so the building kind of sways with the earthquake instead of getting rattled by it, but every once in a while we hear of, we know of, buildings that were not wisely built. Uh, The Millennium Tower is a great example, Um, but even two smaller things, walking around the neighborhood, I'm I'm here in the Mission Campus recording, and uh, sometimes there will be buildings just down on Valencia that has that notice posted going, seismic retrofitting has to happen right now or else, right? We get it, we get it. Build our lives, our homes, and our lives on a firm foundation because it's not a matter of if the stress comes. It's not a matter of if the storm hits or the earthquake, but when and how severe, we don't know on the front end. We, we experience it as it happens. All we can do is prepare in advance in as much as we can, and especially at this time of year. With all the, the rush, the, the packedness of our schedules, the pressure, the hopes, but also the pain and the losses and the gain, we need to be grounded and steady. We need the right foundation because when it rains, it tends to pour and it pours hard. So listen to what G. Campbell Morgan writes in his commentary on the gospel according to Matthew. He says, he saw he, this is Jesus, saw the multitudes. How think you he saw them. He saw them as they were and he saw them as they might have been. Christ's vision of the crowd is a vision of the crowd as it is in comparison with the crowd as it might be. He saw their ruin. But he saw the possibility lying behind the ruin. He saw God's order. He was God's king. He knew what God's kingdom meant in an individual life, for he was living therein himself. Jesus knew precisely what it is to be human. He lived it perfectly. And he knows. He saw the crowd. He knew the crowd as it is. He knows us as we are and the ruins that are a part of our lives. And, not but, and he sees the possibility. He sees what can be made and built and, and over time and attentiveness to him and commitment and patience and perseverance. He sees what can be and man, do I want that. I want that for all of us. For God to take the ruins of our lives and not just show us the possibility lying behind, but also for him to bring it to reality. And that's the result of what he says in Matthew, in Matthew 7, who hears these words and does them. So we need to build this foundation, not by just making our, our best guess or sort of going with the flow of instinct. It could be right, but not exactly. What did Jesus say? He said, to listen to these words and do them. And so in order to live peacefully and securely and steadily, no matter what we face, and I know for some of us, we're facing larger, heavier life circumstances. And for others of us, it's just getting through this season. That's that, and that, that's enough. We have to listen to his words and obey, and in our areas of stress, in our own brand of holiday stress or regular life stress, what are we even listening to? Sometimes stress its like this for me. It's just this, it's a cacophony of, of noise, of alarm bells going off and horns blaring and just buzz, buzz, bang, bang, noise, 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 noise. And for such a time of year, the noise of the stress, right? From work, family, friends, travel, um, even the condition of our hearts is just like, it's noise and it's constant. And how do we even turn it off? And those of us who struggle with that noise, we're challenged to learn the slow, unhurried, unforced rhythms of Jesus. It's how Eugene Peterson phrases it um, when he's in the message at the end of Matthew 11. Are you tired or worn out or burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is what Jesus invites us into, particularly those of us for whom when the stress rises, we just can't even hear. It's just noise. To find a quiet in life of noise is hard. And the stillness of the way of Jesus goes counter to it, especially in a FOMO season like Christmas. It's just going to come and go. I mean, of course we want to do all the things. Of course we want to pack it in. We want to take advantage and enjoy it. But we pause to remember Jesus, you came humbly and gently into the world. And so we ask for you to bring that gentleness into our personal worlds so that when we feel the stress rise, the knot tighten in our chest, the volume that just goes up on that noise and our minds race. We ask for you to, as Peterson phrased it there, to recover our lives, to restore our sense of wonder. And for others, other times, or for others of us, the stressors are actually the reverse. It's, it's more of, a, of an eerie, eerie absence of noise in this time, a reminder of loss, the agony in our hearts that wells up. Um, we're confronted with the anguish that we experience, a, a, an uncertain future, and the loneliness, the deep loneliness that we feel. In those places, some of us turn to avoidance. Some of us shut down. There's this helplessness that rises, wondering if a situation could ever change. Wondering if we'll ever find the help that we need. From Psalm 34, again in the message, Is anyone crying for help? God is listening, ready to rescue you, even if that that cry for help has gotten quieter and quieter over time. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Or as some of us are maybe more familiar with, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's the Jesus who came. Whose birth we remember at Christmas, yes, for the celebration and the joy, but also for the reality that this weight that we feel and the pressure and the stress is not for us to bear alone. It's not for us to be crushed or broken by, but he's near to us and he's close to us and he saves us in those places. And Jesus, we remember that you came to give your life as a ransom for many for each of us, that you were born to give us your life so we wouldn't be crushed, we wouldn't be broken or alone, and we ask for you to bring your deliverance, bring yourself to these dark and lonely places. In each case, whether it's a loudness or an an oppressive quiet, Jesus Jesus is inviting us to live in a particular way. And the way that he's inviting us to live, this foundation in our lives of listening to what he says and living it out, it creates a refuge in our very souls where our well-being isn't dependent on how life is going. It comes from within. It comes from the Lord at work within us, a pervasive and unshakable inner peace. And the voice of Jesus guides us to it. He guides us through the meandering and the wandering and the loudness of our worlds and our own minds. He speaks to us softly in the excessive quiet to bring us back up. The confusion that blows us about, the questions that don't stop, the fear and the pain that clamor for our attention. In the blaring noise, Emmanuel comes soft, a still small voice that settles us. Like that, like that first deep breath, right? When we realize, man, I've been breathing so shallow. Come Lord, come Lord into that place. When things are frantic and tense, when the stress rises and weighs us down, the weight of what we're walking through is like a storm just beating on us and wind threatening to knock us over. Jesus brings himself. He is peace, the Prince of peace to steady and strengthen and secure us deep into the bedrock of who he is built on his word, on his words, on what he teaches us. Into that darkness comes the light of the world, and the darkness could not overcome it, even now breaking in his kingdom. And so as we approach Christmas, as we juggle all the things, yes, and again, good things, wonderful things to be celebrated, but a lot to juggle. And as we approach the celebration of Emmanuel's birth and invite him into our hearts and homes, we ourselves are being invited. We're invited to draw near to the one who draws near to us. This is Emmanuel, God with us, the God of all creation, a God so big we cannot even comprehend how big he is. Our understanding of who he is at the most that we can grasp is like a drop in the ocean of who God is of the magnitude of his beauty and the wonder of who he is, right? These, these lights on the trees representing the light of the world. It's just like a little glimmer, right? That God condescended to us. It means he, he made himself small and humble, accessible to us. The one who formed each of us in our mother's wombs, who is in the tiniest details and yet the greatest movements of the earth are held in check by him. That's the one who draws near to us That's who was born at Christmas. God made flesh. And even the most stress-ridden times are not too much for us to turn our attention to him, to quiet the noise, to open our ears to his voice, his sound, his gentle and accessible presence. Draw near to him intentionally. Pray a little slower. Pray Christmas prayers at this time to draw close to him in the unique way that this season offers us. We should also take the opportunity of the season and its sweetness, the change of pace, the meaning of it all, right? All of the things have, there's there's symbols that are representative of of the beauty of who God is and, and the story that we celebrate at Christmas, right? Take the opportunity to listen closely to that voice of peace. Right? Draw near, take the moment and listen. For some of us, again, we need to reduce our lives intentionally and just our time, our attention, learn our triggers, learn our reactions. You know, we might need some outside help to do this and we should do that, to be in a place of peace and settledness. Be slower to react in our stressors, right? Maybe it's that one family member or friend that just, ooh, that reaction just hits us real quick. Or for others of us, it's situations that arise and we just close off and we're not, we're just, we just can't, we can't. Whatever it is, take the opportunity to listen to the Lord in that place. Literally just think, God, what is it you want to say here? What are you saying and how can I, how can I do what you say, Jesus? And for others of us, the challenge is to re-engage the song the Lord is singing over us. Maybe it's been a long time that we haven't been listening. That we, for whatever the reasons may be, maybe we've been hurt. Maybe we've just been disappointed and let down like it's been too much for us for too long. Or maybe we feel like we've never really heard his song in the first place. His gentle voice will lead us in that. And there's, there's a uniqueness to it. Again, we keep saying it, to this time of year, this version, this tune, to just give him a chance. Lastly, we remember that it's not just about hearing his voice. As we listen, as we carve out this space in the manger of our hearts and our minds, we must do what he teaches, not just doing for the sake of doing. But this practicing what we listen to, putting into play what we're learning, affects every aspect of our lives. It changes how we react in those storms. It shows us what needs to be strengthened in our foundations. It's not just about adding more and hoping that eventually we figure out the right combination in a busy season. But it's about um, responding to God with more than just intention. It's about saying yes to his yes and saying no, wise no's for the purpose of doing the things that we most need to do in this time. We orient our lives around him. And in the biggest points of stress, in the heaviest storms, we turn to the Lord who is close to us, with us, drawing near and inviting us in to say yes to him. When we listen to the words of Jesus, we pay attention, we hear him, we listen, we take it in, and we respond with that yes. That foundation will not be shaken no matter what we face. And the song that the band is gonna close with is an anthem of that yes. And so would you join me in prayer as we prepare to respond together? Lord God, we bring you ourselves, and if we're comfortable, we do so with a physical posture of openness, with open hands, God. God, we bring you ourselves. You know our stories, you know our struggles, you know the ways that we manage or don't manage our stress. Lord, and you know all of the things approaching us in this season that can be so wonderful and yet can be so difficult for so many. And we ask, Lord, for you to build a deep and firm foundation in our lives that cannot be shaken, no matter the wind, the storm, the floodwaters that come. Lord, knowing that in you we are secure. Show that to us, Lord, and we pray especially for, for us in our, in our lives, if for the particular areas we most need that. We haven't experienced it. We just want to know, God, if you're, if you're even really doing it, we ask for you to do that, Lord. Show, show who you are to us. Help us to hear your voice and to give you these wise yeses, Lord. And help us, give us grace in those places of adjustment, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We say yes to you as we respond in this song. And we pray these things in the beautiful, gentle, peace-filled name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's engage. Let's sing this song together.
1: is my firm foundation Thank you.
2: thank you for the gift of song. You're so good. You love us so much. You want us to have your peace at work in our hearts and in our lives. You know, I, I want to remind all of, oh, and by the way, it's not too late. Uh, the Rise and Shine Advent calendar that we are doing as a way of making our way to Christmas. Remember, uh, a lot of you, if you want to, you can downla- download that on our Christmas page. But we have a prayer for each Sunday. And we have a little checkoff box for uh, the Rise and Shine participation. It's like an ongoing devotional, like an Advent calendar that you open up daily and it keeps us moving on a journey together until we get to that moment where we celebrate Jesus, uh, the Prince of Peace, the one who loves us. So, so with that in mind, may you be blessed in every way, may he keep you, may his presence be near you and may your heart be soft, yeah, soft and open. Tender, because who can be afraid of a baby? We want to be preparing our hearts to welcome in a celebration of the coming of Jesus. May his goodness and grace be over your life in every way, in your spirit, in your body, in your soul, and in your mind. In the name of the little one born, in the name of the King who has come, in the name of Jesus. May that blessing be yours.